This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. And on this week's episode of And Friends, we actually have something to shove in our mouth. Can I open the box? The box is really cool. It's like a little coffin. We can open the boxes, all right? I'm opening. I don't I don't even want to open the box. Why is this wrapped like a Christmas gift? Wait, what the f- is this? Oh, hell. What is this? No. Oh. No, 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 Holy. No. I, I have some precautions for this, all right? What do you mean you have precautions? No, 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 What no. did you send me? The Reaper shows no mercy. <laughs> There's a warning on the back. Oh. Right? Oh, my God, the inside. Oh. What is this? Yeah, this is serious. You're trying to kill me. No, no, no. Oh, look, another warning on the bottom that says it hurts like hell. Well, we have a week to think about whether we want to eat it. <laughs> I, I need some time. Yeah, I need I need some time. I'm, I'm scared. I'm all for it if you guys are. Here's the thing. If we do this, this is like the whole show. I think it's a great idea. This is legitimately terrifying. I feel like Ralph from The Simpsons saying, ha, I'm in danger. <laughs> this is going to kill me. All right, tune in next week to possibly see all of us die. Listen to Anne Friends on Spotify, Opie Shows. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and welcome to another edition of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Uh, Lou, here we are once again uh, doing the uh, phone thing. You're relaxing uh, at home. I'm in the Car Guys Report uh, studio inside the Car Guys Report warehouse, and we always like to uh, open uh, every episode with uh, any chit-chat on what's going on uh, with our uh, with our cars or any um, issues that we may be having, and I'm glad to report that uh, everything is uh, copacetic for the time being with all my vehicles. I had the uh, Challenger out for uh, a weekend spin, rolled another 175 miles on it, so I think I'm coming up to about 500 miles on the (laughs) the vehicle, so I'm getting there slowly, slowly breaking it in, but... um, so far, no issues uh, to report, and I'm still having a, a good time uh, driving it. And I know last uh, episode we were talking about your foray on the uh, racetrack, and obviously I assume that your Viper, once you got it home, you, you run what you brung, as they say, and there's no issues with, uh, with your Viper from the, uh, from the track day. Am I correct? Well, two two items to report. Uh-oh. One is the uh, the Viper uh, had a flat tire. Okay, wow. When it was was in it, when it was in the garage, so it was and, uh, it was hissing, right? Yeah, the Viper was <laughs> was hissing exactly. Uh, we couldn't hear the hiss, unfortunately. We filled the tire back up, no huh. hiss, and it wasn't until I took it to uh, Discount Tire, uh, which is uh, where where I purchased the tires for the car. And one of the reasons why I purchased them there is it's one of the few places the Viper actually has what's considered the largest production vehicle tire size. I They're like, what, 330s or something, 325s? 345s. Wow, yeah, that is, that's huge. So, so it had a fortunate, I say fortunate, it had a fortunate puncture wound in the uh, tread. Okay. So uh, there was no charge. But I will say that uh, two of the guys who uh, worked on it, I was uh, I gave them a ride afterwards. They were both <laughs> tickled to uh, to take a quick cruise with me. They they thought that was like the best thing since sliced bread. As soon as I pulled up, so they had fun. And then uh, my uh, four door Explorer right now, uh, after a trip to Minnesota and back, which was about five and a half hours each way for a basketball tournament for my son slash editor of my YouTube channel. Uh, uh, had uh, no uh, cold air oh. by the time I got home. So okay. That could be as easy as some type of a Freon type. Just top it off, uh, maybe. You know, or, I mean, that's the first thing you be, start. Or it could be a lot of things. It could be a compressor. Yeah. It could be your uh, condenser, your receiver dryer, your expansion valve, all kinds of things. <laughs> all, all kinds of things, right. <laughs> and I'm having issues with the air conditioning at my house, so I, I feel your pain. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, well, it's, you know, that's what, what we like to talk about here, uh, 
on the program is our real life experiences with our cars because you know we're just like every other guy out there or gal that you know i mean we drive some cool stuff but you know stuff's going to happen and uh, what was in the tire did they was it a screw or a nail or well it was actually just a puncture so there was no so you rolled over something but didn't pick it up Right. So huh. Usually, usually I could see, and, and uh, when I rolled it in, they were they were very kind. They they showed me everything, and uh, the guy actually took me with over to uh, uh, I'll call it the dunk tank. Yeah. And uh, you know, we watched the bubble coming out of it and pulled it out and went, oh wow, yeah, that's. It almost looked like if I could use an example, it looked like somebody took like a pen. Yeah. And the hole was about that big, and uh, huh. uh, you know, surprisingly, I was almost kind of stunned that the car wasn't losing you know if you fill it up it was a slow leak so. yeah yeah well most but, modern tires they tend to be a little bit self-sealing you know the way they're they're designed right. and um a tire that big <laughs> you have to have some reserve air capacity in a three uh what was it a 345 <laughs> yeah 345 yeah so it was wow. the back tire okay it was um yeah, truthfully, it was just a. If you're going to have a flat tire, you can't have a better experience than to have a flat tire like that, where you can still get the vehicle to the location. Sure, of course, yeah, and in your garage, not out on the road somewhere, yeah. and then you're in some small town, and they go uh, three. They don't make a three forty five. What are you talking well, about? <laughs> well, so, you know, these, these guys were all into it. I mean, so they were all taking pictures of their cell phones. And that's cool. No, I, I actually, you know, to to support your your um, your experience, um, I've never personally. Uh, actually, I, I did. I, I did a mail order from from Discount Tire once, but in person, um, we have a local Discount Tire that's not too far away from us, and we'll give them a friendly plug here. My girlfriend's gone there a couple times with her Prius, and. We've had a really good experience every time um, from just initially purchasing tires to getting road hazard replacements on them. And, you know, it's just it's been a good experience. So um, and I've, I've and you're not the only other person that I've talked to that has had a positive experience with that uh, chain. So it's good to hear. Yeah, I, I uh, will give those a plug. I, I definitely recommend them. And, um yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. And it always helps, too. When it makes you feel good when you go to a place where the employees are getting into, you, you know, whatever you have, whether it's a car or, a, you know, whatever it is that you're getting serviced or, or taking in for whatever reason, they get into it and they get enthusiastic about it. That's awesome. So. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun. I don't think I'm going to get that same reaction at all from the Explorer. No, no. <laughs> but keep us posted on that. I'll just be curious to see what uh, what the ultimate diagnosis was on that. Um, we also like to talk about at the top of the program just cars we may have seen out on our daily drives or our Sunday drives. And I've got a, a short but uh, interesting list here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw a beautiful uh, 69 Porsche 911 Targa. Now, that's the early Targas with the soft rear window instead of the uh, actual glass window behind the Targa hoop. And this one was in red. So it's always nice to see an early uh, Targa on the road. And those uh, are worth uh, a good uh, amount of money these days as well. You can never go wrong seeing a 68 silver GTO convertible. That's always That's a classic, yeah. A 32 Ford pickup in dark green was another uh, one that I spotted. And then uh, at a private residence just on the side of the road at somebody's house, I, call it a, I called it a gaggle of Miatas. There were at least four uh, Miatas parked there, plus a Miata track car. So obviously the person was uh, definitely an enthusiast as far as the um, uh, the Mazda, uh, Mazda Miata uh, was concerned. But uh, that's just some of the stuff that uh, we've seen or I've seen uh, on the roads uh, as of late. If you like the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, be sure to tell a friend about our program. It's available on Spotify. You can go to opishows.com. You can also catch us on radiomisfits.com. You'll get all the um, Opi shows and the Radio Misfits shows, including the Car Guys Report. You can always email us. Our email inbox is open 24-7. Car Guys Report. It couldn't be simpler than that. Car Guys Report at hotmail.com. Please send us your rants, your raves, your suggestions. Suggestions, your kudos, your comments, whatever you want. Car Guys Report at Hotmail.com is the place to let us know how you feel. 
Certainly glad to have you along, uh, Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Lou, we continue to do good, uh, good uh, business down in Australia, so wanted to uh, once again give a shout out to our uh, listeners, our loyal listeners in the land down under, as it were, and. You know, here's uh, something that we're not going to be seeing in the U.S. uh, anymore, at least for the foreseeable future. You know how the car business continues to evolve. First, it was no more uh, four-door sedans that a lot of companies uh, stopped making because the SUV and the crossover SUV craze is happening. So according to the uh, site called The Drive, it's uh, about uh, automotive uh, things, there will be no more front-wheel drive coupes for sale in the U.S. starting next year. That would be 2021. And by coupe, we mean that it would have a trunk. A lot of people might mistake uh, a small front-wheel drive coupe Uh, when it's actually a hatchback, and I bring up my Fiat 500 because that's almost a coupe because the hatch is pretty vertical in back, but it still does have a hatch a hatch with that lifts up and not an actual trunk lid. But the Honda Civic Coupe will be the last front-wheel drive coupe available for sale in the U.S. um, as of this year. And um, it's just... It's just one of those things that's just going away anymore. It's it's just it's it's kind of a shame. It says here, go ahead, try and think of another front drive, low slung two door that you can buy new. And we're not talking about the grand coupes, which are like four doors that they try to say they look like two doors or hatchbacks or slopey SUVs, things like that. They said the Accord Coupe, which was the bigger brother, of course, the Civic Coupe, hasn't been around since 2017. The Kia Forte Coupe and coupe spelled with a K in that uh, rendition. I remember that car had a trunk on it. It was a pretty cool-looking car. That one's been dead for a while. They said the Hyundai Veloster, no, that's a hatchback, as well as the uh, hardtop two-door Mini would be a hatchback. The Fiat 500 would be a hatchback, although it's discontinued as of uh, this year anyway. So it says here, next year would be the first year in the U.S. car market that we go without a front-drive coupe since the 19. 1966 Oldsmobile Tornado was introduced as the first front-wheel drive American car. And that's not exactly right because they made cords were front-wheel drive too, but they're talking about basically a, a coupe there. And then the, obviously the Oldsmobile Tornado in 66 was a coupe. But um, it's just one of those things, Lou, that is just kind of uh, gone by the wayside. I'm a coupe guy. All my cars have two doors with the exception of my Porsche Cayenne. And I know it's a dwindling uh, breed out there. They don't probably have the sales, you know, volume to justify continuing to sell them here. But uh, I just think it's a shame because I like coupes. I know you like coupes and you tend to focus on coupes on your uh, YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou. So and you have a Honda Civic. Is that a two-door coupe or is that a, a four-door? It's a four-door. Oh, it is. Okay. So really the only coupe you have other than your Jaguar, which is a convertible, would be your your Viper. But the Viper has a hatch on the back, doesn't it? Well, the Viper, or, the Viper has a hatch, but it's definitely a coupe. Yeah. Well, I mean, it has a hatch, So, but it, technically, though, it's not a trunk, though, right? I mean, it's not a separate trunk lid. It's actually a hatch that opens up. It's considered a coupe, but, you know, it's the technical, like my Aston Martin is a coupe because it has just a trunk lid on it. It doesn't have a, you know, the rear window doesn't go up with the with the rest of the deal. So technically, yeah. I guess your, 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 your Viper would be a slopey hatchback. <laughs> well, I... They, they actually consider it a coupe. Oh, I know so it is. That, yeah, that that well, you know, and I guess it's all on definition, right? So, um, well, that's what we were yeah. trying to make the, the distinction here is that you know we're not saying that there's going to be, you know, any more. There's still enough of front wheel drive, you know, hatchbacks for yeah. sale in the U.S., but not these two doors, which are you know the ones with the trunk. And right. I had a pretty rare two door. Coupe uh, back in 1991, I bought a 1986. I think I've talked about this on the show before. 1986 Saab 900, and that had um, at the time they were still making obviously the four door Saab 900 uh, with the trunk, so that'd be a four door sedan. They were making the three door, which was the hatchback. 
they're making the convertible. And then they had this car, which was kind of the outlier, and it was just, it was 900, they were all S's. They were 900 S's, which meant it had just a 16-valve, naturally aspirated 2-liter in it. And it was basically the body style that they cut the roof off to make the convertible. So imagine a Saab 900 convertible with a actual fixed hardtop roof on it, and that's what this car was. And it was a neat car. I loved it because it was it was pretty rare. You didn't see too many of them, and it had just a great look to it. Because I th- do think that some two door coupes with that you know some people call them notchbacks because of the trunk, um, or just, you know just having a trunk back there gives a pretty cool look to some of the cars. So it's 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 a design I've always been partial to. So we'll see if uh, someone has the uh, you know, has the balls to reintroduce a, a two-door front-wheel drive coupe in the U.S. after the year 2021 once they realize that maybe there is an untapped market out there. But I guess we'll just have to uh, to wait and see about that. Here's a interesting uh, car to tell you about, Lou. Uh, we're at the point in the program where we like to talk about uh, cars that were either uh, for sale or recently sold, either at auction or through classified ads found online. Uh, Bring a Trailer, of course, is a big place that we like to go to. And Hemmings is another one we like to check out, too. Now, Lou, this is a really interesting car. And it, it's not exactly a one-off, but a very, very low production it was a 1969 Cadillac DeVille hardtop wagon. Now, imagine, if you will, a four-door sedan DeVille, and it would be a hardtop, so there's no center post. But then you've made that car into an actual station wagon. So it's got four doors, but it's a hardtop with a station wagon with a with a tailgate on it. Um and this car, 69 hardtop wagon, sold for $30,250 on Bring a Trailer. And I thought, you know, not bad, well bought. I said, the car is not perfect. They went into some of the details on the car that wasn't good about it, but it's definitely unique. Uh, it has the giant 472 V8 in it, three-speed automatics. That'd be a turbo hydromatic, probably 400 in that uh, vehicle. And the history behind this car, at least according to um, the information that was uh posted in the listing on bring a trailer says the 69 coupe de ville wagon is believed by the selling dealer to be one of a handful of custom station wagons built as general motors courtesy vehicles for the 1969 indy 500 and then they later spent time in california and texas now this car was repainted green in 1998 and trimmed now get this little you'll love this the car was dark green and the interior was trimmed in caramel faux alligator upholstery <laughs> so it's got that awesome like alligator texture to it it's awesome it has torque thrust rims on it so it has kind of that low down and dirty look the car looks like it's been lowered a little bit because it looks like it's it's sitting a little bit lower it says the car is based on the contemporary sedan deville like i was saying and it's thought to have been used as executive and guest transportation at the 1969 race it was originally cameo beige but it's refinished in british racing green and it doesn't say i guess the interior would have been original because if it would go that that uh caramel faux alligator upholstery would go well with cameo beige and um they had a couple of you know imperfections in the paint the car wasn't 100 percent perfect but Outside of a hearse, and this thing does not look like a hearse because it's four doors and it's got the hard top, you're, you're, you're never going to see another one of these things. And I thought 30000 was a pretty good price for such a unique uh, piece of, of Americana. And wagons, as we've talked on the show, too, are, are hot right now. So I think at 30000 that was a well-bought vehicle. And you have a, a ton of fun with that thing at a car show, I'm telling you. Well, I, I'm a... Um uh, the confessional part here. I, I'm a wagon convert, meaning that uh, I was I was pretty convinced I wouldn't video many wagons on the channel. Mm-hmm. That clearly a two door design was the answer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but a little bit, uh, you know, I, I have converted over to I'm if I can find, which is more of the challenge, if I can find a good wagon that's restored and looks well. Um, then I will video it. Mm-hmm. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, be able to find a few, but not many, because to your point, I mean, uh, you, you just don't uh, 
seen many of these hardly at all i mean it's uh, no, i mean it's funny because in you know they were family trucksters in the 60s so a lot of the mainstream stuff like the country squires from ford and and the chevy wagons i mean they sold a ton of those things but people just drove them into the ground and junked them they never were saved then there's other ones with the exception of this one because this was kind of like a general motors very limited factory thing but Cars like, you know, some of the early Plymouth wagons or, the you know, some of the Buick station wagons that weren't necessarily super high volume. Um, some of those could be fairly opulent the way you could get them uh, outfitted. And those maybe survived a little bit more for whatever reason. And like you said, to find one in good shape, because there are people that are restoring these things now, too, because they realize that this is just something that's really cool and it's like i think some car collectors way of saying you know i don't want an suv but i'll take a classic station wagon and have fun with that and be able to haul as much or more uh as a contemporary suv would because you know you remember these wagons how big they were you know they'd have the some of the rear facing uh jump seats and back you could lay down you know i don't know how many pieces of four by eight plywood and back and they're just enormous they're like a stadium inside and yeah and i do think that that a lot of the big american wagons are cool they're very cool yeah the challenge is is um to your point i mean now it's it's finding them because uh they just you know it's it's uh uh i i would say in the last five years maybe longer maybe 10 years I mean, the people who like wagons just like wagons, but I would say in the last 10 years, um, the people who are the boomers who had those family trips and have those memories are clamoring to see those cars again. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, I, I could fit into that category, though. We never had a station wagon. When I was a kid, uh, we took all our family vacations in our 1969 uh, Buick LeSabre, which was a two-door hardtop. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was an awesome car. I mean, it was big, had plenty of room in it and everything. Um, but the closest thing we ever got to a family truckster was in the late 70s. My dad bought a 74 Volkswagen bus, which was pretty cool. I mean, that was, that was actually one of the cars I, I drove shortly after getting my license for the first time. I actually, we wow. still had that car. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, it's totally underpowered, you know, four on the floor. Uh, but it had a sunroof. It had a manual sunroof on it with a crank. And the sunroof, you know how they're making all these panoramic, you know, moonroofs and sunroofs now on cars, and they're making a, a big deal about it. This thing was huge. And considering they were making that back in 74, you know, in a way it was a little bit ahead of its time. But, yeah, you know, that was a fun vehicle too. But I've always had kind of a a, a soft spot in my heart for some of these, these uh, station wagons. We've highlighted them before on the program. And actually, I've got another one coming up in a couple of – a few more episodes down the line that I found the other day. And I just like highlighting them because they're neat cars, and it's interesting to see what people are paying for them. And if you want to kind of get a feel for the market, definitely head over to either Hemmings.com uh, or uh, Bring a Trailer dot com and check out uh you know what may be for sale there as far as big station wagons but definitely wanted to talk about this uh this caddy coupe or sedan deville station wagon uh definitely a, a car that uh, you would not forget if you saw it especially with that caramel faux alligator <laughs> interior you gotta love that i'm telling you if you like the car guys report informed automotive be sure to check out some of the other fine programs that are available on the radio misfits podcast network like the program free kicks it's an opi show rick kemfer and adam howarth discuss all the latest in the world of soccer you can listen to free kicks on spotify opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits and when you're searching for Radio Misfits, what do you know? You'll find our program, The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. And, Lou, this is a list. Uh, we like to do lists on this program. I find a lot of these lists online from various uh, automotive sources. And a lot of times I'll take a list and I'll, I'll make it a select list by me versus all the uh, items that were on the original list because some of them I, I don't feel belong there or maybe they're a little bit too obscure. So I tend to whittle them down a little bit. 
And sometimes I leave the weird stuff on just saying so you and I can go, why the heck did they put that on there? But the list I'm talking about now comes from uh, Road and Track. Best engines, according to Road and Track, that are available now in the year 2020. And this is uh, selected by MCV, which is me, Mark Vernon. Um, There's about, uh, I don't know, a good 10 or 12 on the list. And these are current um, engines. So unfortunately... Your uh, Viper V10, Lou, is not on the list because it's not current production. So sorry about that. No, no that's okay. But uh, there are a couple of uh, Mopar engines on the list, so I'll, I'll, I'll cover those in a little bit. But we'll start with the uh, AMG 2-liter uh, Turbo 4. Uh, that is that uh, wicked cool uh, Mercedes 2-liter uh, Turbo 4 that will generate up to 400 and 16 horsepower, depending on what uh, variant you're getting it in. And when you do the math, I, I never like that term, but when you do the math, that's 208 horsepower per liter in that engine. I mean, it's just, it boggles the mind that they're getting that kind of power out of a two-liter uh, turbo. Of course, they've done a lot of uh, interesting things. We covered some of the things that they've done with that engine in the last episode with the electric turbocharging, and there's a bunch of other tricks that they're doing too, but it's a testament to engineering um, prowess, I guess, to uh, generate that kind of power out of an engine and make it reliably. The four-liter Porsche Flat 6 and naturally aspirated uh, form is on the list. That has an 8,000 RPM redline, and that is one thing I've noticed uh, uh, with my 911, I've got the 3.6-liter uh, direct-injected, naturally-aspirated engine. It only cr- cranks out some, like, 348 horsepower. Redline's about 7,500, I think, 7,300. But, um, you know, one thing I, I've, I've come to appreciate with Porsches is, you know, they really start making the power of up above about four or 5,000 RPM. When you get it above there, man, it just takes off so that 8,000 rpm redline on the four liter current porsche flat six uh, a joy to behold i tell you now here's an engine lou that i don't think is going to be on the list much longer it does survive in a couple of different lexus products um it survives in the lc 500 which is their beautiful uh big two-door coupe it also uh survives in the rcf um, the Lexus RCF, which is the racing version of the Lexus uh, RC. And we're talking about the 5-liter V8 uh, from Lexus. Naturally aspirated, 5-liter, cranks out something like 472 horsepower, I believe. Great engine, and I do hope that survives uh, a couple more years in, in various uh, vehicles that Lexus is making. Um, Subaru's 2.5-liter turbo flat 4. Um, I'm not a big Subaru fan. Um, I think all their engines sound really wheezy, um, even worse than a V6. <laughs> they just have that really weird flat four wheezy sound, not like a, a Porsche flat four. They just sound really, really wheezy to me. Um, here's a great engine. The Nissan 3.8 liter twin turbo V6 as found in the uh, GTR or the Godzilla, as people like to call it. That's a fantastic uh, engine. And Lou, here's something that'll warm the cockles of your heart. Three Ford Mustang engines uh, here. Can you uh, fancy a guess as to what they might be? Because you're kind of the big Ford Mustang guy here. Is it the Coyote? Um, You know, I... I think one of them is the Coyote, because one I I have listed here as the Voodoo V8. That's a 5.2-liter V8 that's a flat-plane crank, and they call it the Voodoo V8. And it's it's found in the Shelby GT350. Um, Then they have the classic 5-liter V8, which is the one that's found in the uh, Mustang GT. And then, you know, variations of the 5 liter have been around for seemingly forever. And then the 5.2 liter supercharged V8 as found in the Shelby GT500. So actually Ford was the uh, only uh, manufacturer on this list from Road and Track that placed three engines on the list. So uh, I guess congratulations to them. Alfa Romeo uh, made a showing with their awesome 2.9-liter bi-turbo V6. Cranks out 505 horsepower. Basically, it's a Ferrari V8 that they lopped two cylinders off of. That's no joke. That really is pretty much the, uh, the genesis of that engine. 
And that is found in the uh, the Stelvio uh, the Stelvio uh, SUV and the uh, Julia uh, sedan in the upper trim levels, the quadrifolio levels. There, Mercedes AMG makes another um, uh, entry on the list with their beautiful four point zero liter four liter twin turbo, which is a great engine. You're seeing that in a ton of cars. That was in that one car that you you uh videoed a month or two back lou a, a black i believe it was uh, amg gtr or gts yeah it was the uh gtr pro i believe yeah and that has the four lead that has that engine in there and it's just amazing and you said that thing sounded like nothing else yeah it was a uh, mercedes-benz amg gtr um and it's the Tro version in uh, black. Yeah. And uh, the, I'm just pulling it up. That had a uh, it, had, it did have a V8. Uh, the thing that caught your attention on this car, though, is the back end looks like a sports car, and the front end looks like a snowplow. Yeah, because with that giant grill. <laughs> yeah, this grill on it looked like someone was sho- had a shovel in front of the car. So. And I was recently reading in, in Motor Trend, they did a comparison test, and one of the uh, cars was uh, had the 4-liter uh, twin-turbo AMG V8 in there, and they said that Mercedes is one of the few manufacturers that has been able to make a twin-turbo V8 sound like you think it should sound, because... Um, as you may or may not know, you know, when you hang a turbo on an engine, it, it kind of acts like a muffler. And when you've got twin turbos on an engine, it's going to muffle that sound even more. And Mercedes has spent a lot of time tuning that exhaust to get a, a great uh, engine note out of that four liter turbo. And I'm telling you, if you got a car like that GTR Pro Series that you, that you uh, videoed, you want that thing to sound gnarly. I mean, come on. That's, that, that's what half the battle is right there. Speaking of gnarly, the Dodge Hellcat, 6.2-liter supercharged V8 on the list, 797 horsepower. And I added my own 6.4-liter V8 that's found in my Dodge Challenger Scat Pack because I think that 6.4-liter is a great engine. 485 horsepower, naturally aspirated, sounds incredible. Of course, I'm going to be biased. I admit it right now, but I added that to the list. So there you go. Um, the only V10 on the list uh, comes from uh, Lamborghini in the Huracan and also in the Audi R8, which is basically its uh, German uh, cousin there. The uh, 5.2 liter V10 from those brands. Uh, one other uh, Lamborghini engine on the list, a 6.5 liter V12 that you find in the Lamborghini Aventador. And uh, one more Audi engine. Now, this is an oddball. This is probably the oddest engine on the list. And I don't know if you've seen any of these in, in, in person, Lou. I've seen a couple. Found in the Audi RS3. It's a turbo inline five. They have brought back the good old Audi five-cylinder. And wow. it's a two-and-a-half liter. It's an engine that they put in, you know, for years. They were using that in the Audi uh, 100 uh, or Audi 5000, which got renamed the Audi 100 after the whole sudden acceleration thing back in the uh, late uh, 70s, early 80s. But that five-cylinder engine that Audi used, I'm sure it's completely done over, obviously, but just the heritage is there to some degree. But the Audi Turbo inline five, as found in the RS3. And then um, one more engine on the list. And, Lou, this is maybe saving the best for last because it's a classic, although this is coming... Uh, they not in the C8 though. They didn't. They didn't list it as the C8. They listed it as the C7 because they said, I guess you can still buy a brand new C7 on online. I know you can. The Chevy 6.2 liter supercharged V8. So that's you know right now they're just selling the C8, the new vet with just the naturally aspirated V8, and the the upper versions are coming. And uh, the 6.2 liter supercharged V8 as found in the C7, generating 700 and 55 horsepower so it's a pretty good list i wouldn't really uh the only one i wouldn't uh, have on that list would have been the subaru uh flat turbo flat four i don't really think belongs pretty much everything else on that list i think is is uh pretty deserving of of being on that list and maybe the audi turbo inline five is a little odd too to to have on there but i always like to talk about engines because um sometimes i think a lot of people these days don't appreciate what's powering their car underneath their hood, especially with the advent of electric vehicles. It's like, where's the engine? 
Well, it's not an engine. It's an electric motor. Oh, where is it? Well, it's that black round cylinder thing right there. Oh, <laughs> you know? I mean, at least my, and, and I know your your Viper says this, at least my, uh, my uh, Challenger, when you open the hood, it says powered by SRT right on the valve covers. I mean, that that's a statement, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, uh, I've said this before, and I'm, so let me, before, what's the, just, just so people can get it out, what's the uh, email, Mark? CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com. So you could start them flowing right now when I make this next comment. <laughs> Flame sure on. <laughs> I, I've said this about the new Porsches, that the, the most, they, they have some fantastic vehicles, and uh, I just videoed this one that was just, this 911, uh, that was just wonderful, uh, Speedster uh, Limited, and, uh, you know, there's no engine. You, you pop yeah. the back, there's two holes that have fans in them, and here's where you pour your oil, and here's where you pour your windshield fluid. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that's, um, love the car, I hope people heard that, hate there's no engine. You know, I mean, to, to Ferrari and Lamborghini's credit, you put glass around the engine and you showcase it. You have that beautifully, it's, it's like a piece of jewelry almost, that beautifully, you know, red crinkle finished uh, valve covers in, in aluminum with the, you know, Ferrari or Lamborghini written on them. And just, yeah, it, it's a sight to behold. And that's why you put them under glass. Exactly. Right, 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 right. So. And yeah. your, your Viper, does it say Viper V10 on your engine or on, on your valve covers? With, um, the the Vipers all have red valve covers, okay. and that's a statement to the very first ones in 92, which were red. That's okay. the only color they came in. So uh, the Viper valve covers, um, what, give me a second, I'll have to take a look. Because um, the only other car I have that has any writing on the valve covers other than the Challenger that says powered by SRT is the Aston Martin uh, has, it just says Aston Martin V12 on both uh, valve covers, and they're kind of done in a, in a kind of a, a shiny aluminum, so they kind of really stand out when you have the hood popped, and it, it's kind of neat because at least it tells people that it, they're looking at a V12, and obviously they did that on purpose. And I thought yours said V10 on them, if I recall. Uh, but no, I, 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 I thought this, but I wanted to be correct rather than, so I'm looking, it says Viper right on each one of the valve okay. covers. Okay. At least, uh, at least on the version I have, which is an OC. Six. Sure. So, uh, it could say something different. The V10 is uh, very quickly pronounced as you open the hood on a uh, plastic uh, fan shroud cover. <laughs> okay, good, good. At least they're letting you know. It's just lest you forget, <laughs> you have a V10 uh, under your hood there. We have uh, sanitized all OPI shows for your protection, but you should still be wearing a mask. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19 by following the CDC guidelines. You will be saving the world while you're listening to OPI Productions podcast, and be sure to also wash your hands. It is at the point in the program where, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go wash my hands quickly. We have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview... Rick, we interview perhaps the biggest star that's ever been on our airwaves. Okay. Okay. Think 70 star. Smoke. Half Chinese. Uh, things that go with Tommy Chong. To Tommy Chong! <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next episode of Back to You, we're going to have the car guys, Mark Vernon and Lou Costable. Lou and Mark have given me how to slow down a little bit. I'm driving too fast. And I tell you about the time that I drove on the wrong side of the road legally with the (laughs) steering wheel on the right side of the car. It turned out okay. That's because you were very gassy. (laughs) That's on the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I can't wait to hear more. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with Lou Costable. And Lou, while we were uh, getting ready to do this uh, show, you uh, set off mic that you were looking forward to the next topic. And it's a short list. Uh, Of course, there's, you know, 
dozens more, but I thought this list was interesting because of the shortness of it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Haggerty's seven favorite movie cars. Now, of course, uh, you like Haggerty because uh, you attend some of their events when you're uh, in Arizona, and... I like this list because I've actually seen, I think, half of these movies. I'm not a big movie buff. Um, I've, I've got, you know, stuff that I enjoy, but I really don't go out and see movies, you know, when they're released or whatever. I'll either wait for it to come out on streaming or DVD or whatever. But this list caught my eye, and it's actually got my all-time favorite movie car on the list, too, which is, <laughs> which is great. So that's why I thought it was a great list. All right, all right. Let me guess. I haven't seen the list. And you have not seen the list. This is the best part. So Lou's going to see if he can at least pick out a couple of these. Uh, all right. So, so let me go with your favorite car, and you've never told me this, but I'm going to guess it because you haven't asked them, Martin. I'm guess, guessing it's Goldfinger's. No, Bob. that's not even on the list. Wow. Yeah, Goldfinger. that's not on the, no, no, no. So okay. next time you see McKeel Haggerty, <laughs> ask him about that, because that's where this list wow. came from. Okay. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, these lists are never okay. definitive. I don't know how they selected seven, but, um, yeah, you, that's a very good guess, though, Lou, because, okay. but that is not my favorite, though, no. All right, so let me, um, okay, now, that, that would have been what I thought would have been an easy low fruit to the ground okay so so now i'm curious there was uh in 1967 there was a batman batman movie so i'm curious if the batmobile is on that list uh no these were actually actually most of the cars on this list were were real cars except with the exception of one that okay. I would say, yeah. Everything else right. is is actual a real car, not a, you know, what I would call a fantasy car, I guess, or whatever. Let Let me go straight. I mean, up the Batmobile's road. real, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So let me go with Christine, the, the 58 Fury. Oh, uh, that's yeah. That's a, definitely yeah. Christine, 1958 Plymouth Fury. That's on the list for sure. And that's a. I, I, that's my favorite part of that. My favorite part of that movie, or one of my favorite parts, is when. Um, when uh, Arnie is in the high school parking lot and he's talking to Harry Dean Stanton, who was the uh, the detective, and he's saying, like, hey, Arnie, I heard you uh, had uh, had an accident or, or dented your door. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I fixed it, though. See, you can see where the where the paint just doesn't quite match here. And Harry Dean Stanton's looking and he goes, I don't see anything. You do good work. That's <laughs> just classic. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I got a kick out of that, but I, I, I love that that part. It's just it's 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 killer. But that is a great a great car, a great movie. So, um, okay, we got one of the seven so far, Lou. Well, I, now that it, now that we put kind of put some some parameters around it, okay, I'll go with other easy stuff. So Burt Reynolds has got to have his Trans Am in there. That's not on the list either. No. The, the bandit? No, not it's I, again. I, you know, I mean, if listeners are probably pulling their hair out, I pulled this list off, and it wasn't a select list. I didn't whittle it down or anything. They just picked seven favorite movie cars, and yeah, yeah, smoking the bandits not on the list either. So those are two okay. glaring right. omissions because there's some right. on here that I I haven't seen the movies, and I don't think they're really that. I, I, the cars I, don't I, seem I, that great, so. Yeah. Don't don't tip me off. Okay, so I'm just going with straight up names. So Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's on the list. No, I wouldn't put that on the wow. list anyway. That's a fantasy car. And all right, all right. How about Herbie the Love Bug? Nope. Okay. All <laughs> I was right. like, so, what the hell right. is going on here? <laughs> so these are movie lists with cars with their names or the title of the movie, and we're not there. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So. So let me ask a different question. Are any of the cars from the Fast and Furious on there? Uh, I don't believe so, no. So is Eleanor on there? You know, there's a, there seconds. is one Mustang on the list, but it's not Eleanor. So Gone in 60 Seconds isn't on the list. No um, Fast and Furious. And, well, another one that's not on the list either is Bullet. Steve McQueen's Bullet Mustang isn't on here either. <laughs> Yeah, this is a well. That's why I like to pull these lists up because right. a lot of times okay. we disagree with what what is or isn't on the list. All right, is the General Lee on the list? No, that's not a movie. Well, well, technically that there was a TV series, but is, they did make a movie Bumblebee, though, right? Is is Bumblebee on the list? Bumblebee, what's that? Uh, uh, two thousand. Well, it could be two of them. It could be either the 
the Rumblebee, which is like the 72 Camaro, or it could be the 2000, I think it was five retro uh, Chevy uh, Camaro. Okay, no. And, tr- and the movie Transformers. No. Should okay. I start with, let me start with the obscure ones, what I consider to be the obscure ones they put on the list. Well, everything could be obscure. Well, but these, are, but these are movies I haven't seen, so that's why they're obscure to me, but they'll probably okay. be pretty, pretty obscure to you. In the movie Witches of Eastwick, which came out, what, like 20 years ago? The Mercedes-Benz 600 short wheelbase Pullman, which is the big, huge, you know, late 60s Mercedes, like, limo. I don't know. I never saw the movie, so I don't know what why that would have made the list. Um, the two other ones that I think are outliers here, from the John Wick franchise, his 69 Mustang Mach 1. And from the movie Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort's 1989 25th anniversary Countach, Kuntush, Lamborghini. So I, I don't hear any response from you, so you're probably my, my like... Mouth, my mouth is open right yeah, now. Yeah, you're gaping. I'm like, what I, the... <laughs> bit, oh, my goodness. So those are the, the, yeah, those are the outliers. I don't know where they got these. But then we're, we're getting into more familiar territory with the last three here. Wayne's okay. World, the AMC Pacer. All right, all right. And that, that's, that's a classic. That's, that's a stretch, but it, but I, yeah. it's a movie card. It's recognizable, the blue Pacer with the flames. Okay. From the movie Vacation with uh, Chevy Chase, the, <laughs> the Wagon family Queen tr- Family Truckster. The Family <laughs> is, Truckster. Is, that is just, I love that movie. That You know, they made three of them, right, or four of them. They made Vegas yeah. Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Uh, European Vacation, which has some yeah, cool but, European cars in it, too. It really does. But then the original one is still the best. So with Christy Brinkley and the Ferrari. And when he goes to the, when he goes to the car dealer at the beginning of the movie and he decides he doesn't want the family truckster and they already crushed his Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. <laughs> and he's... It was no, just classic. No, no, no American Graffiti. No. No, no. no John Milner and his yellow... Yellow uh, uh, coupe, no, uh, no. Uh, Harrison Ford in his black fifty-five. No, but wow. then, but then the one they did put on the list, and this is my favorite. Are you familiar with the movie from nineteen seventy-six with the late great Michael Sarazan called Gumball Rally? Uh, I am familiar with Gumball Rally. Yeah, because to me, Gumball Rally kind of preceded it. Preceded Cannonball Run and Cannonball yeah. Run Two. And to me, even though Gumball Rally had comedy in it to me it was more it had that seriousness to a car guy as far as driving the cars cross country and in the movie michael sarazan who's one of the main characters he drove a nine he drove a 427 cobra and a real 427 cobra that was before they had because the movie came out in 76 that's before they had replicas and there's just some incredible scenes of of him driving the car you hear the engine you see the gauges you hear him shift there's the, the opening of the movie is when they're hauling through uh the streets of new york at like five in the morning and they're empty and the uh sounds of the engine are just echoing off the, the buildings and the canyons and stuff and it's just it's it's amazing and i just love i i just i think he was a really cool character he was almost a, kind of like a Peter Fonda wannabe, I guess, as far as like his cool factor and the way he looked and stuff. And I love that movie. And some of the other three other cars that were were great in that movie, they had a Ferrari Daytona convertible um, that was driven by an Italian race car driver. And his famous line is when he's in that car, he, he rips off the rearview mirror and he goes, what is behind me is not important. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And he chucks the mirror out the out the side door. And then the two other cars was the, there were a couple of two old guys that were driving a Mercedes 300 SL, which is a million dollar car these days. It's basically the Gullwing, the convertible version of the Gullwing. Um, and then they also had a Jaguar E-type convertible that never got out of the, the garage because it was the big joke there where they all, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they all came out of uh, a garage like in manhattan or whatever when they're starting the race and the guys in the in the jaguar can't get the car started <laughs> you know it's a big joke about like you know british dependability and and they just keep cutting back to that scene like three or four times where they're trying to start it. and at one point the navigator looks over the driver and goes but it is a handsome design isn't it <laughs> it's, just, it's just so classic i mean 
I mean, my my inner geeky car guy-ness is showing through here, but I just love that movie, and I love that car. The 427 Cobra definitely belongs on the list because if you're a car guy, you've got to check that out if you've never seen the movie. So, I mean, do you remember, you remember the 427 Cobra in there, don't you? I, I'm going to have to re- review the movie. I'm just so shell-shocked with some of these cars that... Uh, that weren't on the list. That I mean, if this was Family Feud... You you know <laughs> the cars that came up there should not even be in the top. Seven, yeah, but, I mean yeah. the Witches of Eastwick. What what the hell is that? And then the John Wick '69 Mustang Mach One. I don't know why that got on the list, but uh, I would agree with Christine, of course. AMC Pacer from Wayne's World. Yeah, Truckster, Family Truckster, Gumball Rally. But then some of the stuff you mentioned, and even if you go back to like Cannonball Run. Um, you know, those came out, like I said, after Gumball Rally. They had some really cool cars in that, too. Um, there's a scene, there's, I think it was Cannonball, I don't know if it was one or two, but Roger Moore was actually in that, in one of those movies, and he was playing, you know, a spoof on his James Bond character, and he's driving up Aston Martin, and just cool stuff, so... Um, but yeah, it's, you're always good at the pop culture stuff, Lou, which I appreciate because I'm not a big, uh, pop culture follower as it were. So, uh, definitely wanted to, uh, to have some fun with that list. And are there any others off the top of your head or do you, I think you pretty much covered the, the ones you would have put on the list, correct? I was trying to go back in some time too. I mean, like with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And I mean, when the movie is named after a car and it's a movie car, generally it should make the list. I remember so. Corgi had uh, a awesome scale, you know, die cast scale uh, toy of the James Bond DB5. It had the ejector seat and all that stuff in it. And they also made, I, I, don't, I think it was Corgi. might have been one of the other ones, but I think it was Corgi. They also made a, a Chitty Bang Bang die cast. And I remember the, the wings would be a retractable. Yeah, coming it. out. Yeah, the coming car. out from the side. Yeah. You know, the, other, the other one that joins into my mind immediately as well, especially being here in Chicago, is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, well the yeah the Daytona, the Ferrari, right? The two fifty yeah. or whatever that was. Yeah, I mean he takes the, you know, takes the Daytona. And they run around Chicago and then backs um, it out the, uh, <laughs> the glass. Yeah, and it was I'm trying to remember. What's the story behind that? Was that a real Daytona or was that a replica for the movie? Do you know? Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure. Because um, I thought I read somewhere that it was an actual replica that they made, or, or, or replicas were out at the time, I believe, when that movie came out. But uh, I, somehow that sticks in the back of my mind. I may be wrong. I may be right. I don't know. But Because um, I think that car went up for sale somewhat recently at auction and I think that's where I remember reading that it wasn't the real wasn't a real Daytona but it still went for like some crazy amount so but just having some fun as we do here on the Car Guys Report with various lists that was a Haggerty's uh, seven great movie cars list I don't think it was meant to be a definitive list they just kind of picked uh, seven that uh, they thought they were going to have some fun but we're having a lot of fun here on the Car Guys Report informed automotive and when you listen to our podcasts on opishows.com or Radio Misfits or on Spotify or wherever you find us we're available on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Tune in, Android, Stitcher, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, we are everywhere. You can go to radiomisfits.com. You can just search for Car Guys Report there on Google. You'll find us that way. We are everywhere. Certainly appreciate uh, you listening to us. And when you do, please subscribe to us, too. You get an automatic push notification every time there's new content, which is once a week on Tuesdays. And uh, you'll get uh, the latest and the greatest from the Car Guys Report. And also remember that uh, podcasting with uh, Radio Misfits Podcast Network is entirely free. It's listening on your own terms and on your own devices, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, in your car, in the park, wherever you are, whenever you want to listen. It's up to you. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, do whatever you want. That's the beauty of podcasting and every podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network is entirely free, including our podcast. It's free and worth every penny, I tell you that. The uh, Car Guys Report informed automotive. Mark Vernon along with Lou Cossible. Lou, we're at uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite 
parts of the program, and I'm sure it's always your favorite part, where we play the Car Guys Report guessing game, where we play off your YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou. Why don't you uh, tell everybody how the game works and what they're going to be in for? Well, Mark, I'm excited to talk about that, but I just want to mention two things quickly. That list of seven favorite movie cars was horrendous. <laughs> it was lame, and yeah. It, it was, it was uh, uh, interesting, I will say, but horrendous. <laughs> and, then, and then secondly, I want to thank you for getting me back into the right mode by saying, <laughs> it's a free podcast that's yeah. worth every penny. There you go. That was brilliant. That was Marcus's brilliant moments right there. <laughs> All right, so how you play the game here? And by the way, as I'm playing the game, I'm having a thunderstorm behind me. Yeah, I know the, the weather's moving in. Uh, you're a little farther west uh, if, if, than where yeah, we are at the Car Guys Report warehouse, here, but we might hear some boomers in the background. Yeah, if you hear some uh, some amazing crashing or something like that going on, I'm actually watching birds trying to fly uh, with no success whatsoever based on wind. So uh, all of that said... Um, the game is played as simple as this. I've got a channel called My Car Story with Lou, and uh, I will post three cars in a week, usually a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday. And then we give it some time to percolate, and then we evaluate which one has the most views. So you could video the exact same car and get different views on YouTube than I would. But this is all based off the channel My Car Story with Lou, and um, you might uh, you might enjoy that. So that said, I usually go by the oldest car to the newest car. The interesting thing in this particular episode is all cars are 1969. Oh, cool. So we have three 69s in a row. And, um, that and since that was my first car, the hand-me-down 69 Buick, it's always that the era has always kind of held a special place in my heart. So looking forward to it. Very good. All right. So um, the first one we have is the... Uh, I'll, I'll name them by um, maker. The first one we have is a 69 Buick Electra 225 Limited Survivor. Wow. In, in green. Two-door? Uh, it is a uh, two-door. Okay. Yes. The next one we have is a 69 Chevy Camaro, a.k.a. the Hitman, <laughs> in, in purple with a 1,000-horsepower engine. Oh, you know, I might have seen that car. You said it was and a Camaro. It's a Camaro. Okay, yeah. and is it is it named the Hitman from the the guy that built it then? Because it's, the guy who built it is yeah. nicknamed as the Hitman. Okay, and uh, the next one is a '69 Nova Yanko Deuce in yellow hmm. with a 427 ZL1 aluminum engine. Wow! And all of these have the sound, of course. Wow. You get the thousand horsepower sound. You have the 427 ZL1 engine sound, and of course you have the Buick Limited 225 Limited Survivor sound. And I'm trying to remember what, what engine that the Buick had. I want to say it was a 455 and 69. I don't know if that's right. That, that sounds about 400 it. something. Yeah, I should know. I mean, ours had a our our. LeSabre had a 352 barrel because it was, I've, I've talked about this in the program before, my dad would always buy just the base model of everything, so that's why we just had the wimpy engine in there, but um, the uh, Electra in that list is definitely the outlier because it doesn't quite compete with the uh, two others, but I gotta go with the I mean, how can you not want to look at and watch a video with a purple 1,000 horsepower Camaro called the Hitman. So I'll go with that as number one. We'll go with the Yanko S2 and the Electra S3. Well, your number two slot was correct. Really? The Yanko, the Yanko came in two, and uh, to our surprise, the at 15,150 views, the Electra came in first. That's great. The Nova came in second yeah. with 5978, 5978. And in last place was the Hitman really? with a horsepower of 4,386. And to your point, this just goes to show you that there is um, no rhyme or reason to when you throw up three cars on a channel, uh, what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, from a, from a spectacle standpoint, uh, a purple 
Camaro with a thousand horsepower engine is quite the spectacle. <laughs> um, there's no question about that. And when you fire it up, you kind of look around like yeah. you hope you're not looking the law uh, because it's just, you know, the sound, the, the whole vibration. Well, a whole seismic event happening when you yeah, <laughs> start yeah, that you, thing. Yeah, you're, you're turning on something that you feel is from NASA. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, uh, you could frack with that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're not, you know, you're not turning anything out from NASA when you turn over a Buick uh, Electra 225 and you listen to it hum, you know, so. You know, but the, the, I'm, I'm actually glad that the, the Buick did the best because that car, the big deuce and a quarter, as, as we affectionately call them, uh, coupe in 69, that was the equivalent, almost, of, of a Cadillac Coupe de Ville. I mean, size-wise, uh, you know, accessory-wise, build quality-wise, it was really close to being yeah. to being in Cadillac territory. And those are neat cars. They had the fender skirts on it, right? Um, I believe the back end of it had yeah. the fender skirts. Yeah. yeah, and I know exactly what green color that is, because I remember our 69 was a lime green, they called it, which was kind of just a kind of a lighter green metallic but the green that you're talking about would have been a, a much darker green uh like a forest green metallic i believe should be no, this, this was more your lighter green really okay yeah. then, then it's probably the same color but they had a darker green too that you would see more on the electras than the the lower models yeah the actual color of that car was called lime green okay well that's, that's the exact same color as the as the as our car was then the lime green yeah yeah but it's not limey though when you look at it. It's not like yeah. uh, it's not like the the um, Mopar colors that we talked about last time. You know, it's not that kind of green. Yeah. It, it's not a it's not a sublime green where it's popping. It's almost a dull. Uh, they should call it light green yeah. rather than lime green. Yeah. But, but yeah, this car did have the fender skirts on the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a neat car, and you don't see too many of the coupes. You see the the big four door. 225s, and you see a lot of the convertibles, but the coupes were definitely the, you know, would have been my pick, obviously, and it's it's nice to see that. And a Survivor, too, so meaning it was all original? Yeah. No, it's all, all original. Um, and one of the unique things on this one, too, is I don't think it had air conditioning. Oh, huh, that's interesting, Which, yeah. For a Buick of uh, that uh, year and stature, you would think air conditioning would be uh, so. You know, maybe it was a northern car like a Minnesota, or. And know. the neat thing too is when I see those at car shows, they have a lot of the same interior components and dashboard components as the Lesabre that we had, and uh, I mean the horn button's the same, and or the horn pad or whatever you want to call it, this hard plastic kind of uh, uh, parallelogram thing. And the the clock and the speedometer that's all the same. So it looks it's got a big familiar uh, familiarity with me when I see that. So I'm glad that that came out uh, on top. That that's refreshing. I think sometimes when you get a car like the Hitman, nothing to to take away from the from that car. I'm sure it's awesome, but maybe it's a little bit too in your face, and people want something that's a little more subdued at times. Who knows, right? Yeah, you never know. That's the beauty of your channel. Cool. Yeah. And again, uh, My Car Story with Lou is found on YouTube. Uh, 80,000 some subscribers, 1,500 uh, car videos of all kinds of very, very interesting, cool cars, just like we just highlighted there. Uh, a Buick 225 uh, Electra, a, a 69 uh, Camaro with a 1,000 horsepower engine, and a Yanko Nova. That is a great uh, combination there. We do the Car Guys Report guessing game each and every episode here of the Car Guys Report. And, of course, we'll do it again next time. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Aston Martin will build or is building a real Goldfinger DB5. We'll talk about that plus much more. And that'll scratch uh, Lou's uh, omission on that movie list there about uh, Goldfinger's Aston Martin. Thanks so much for uh, taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to uh, have had you with us here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Mark Vernon, along with Luke Hostable. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo, spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. 
Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be RadioMisfits.com. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano or Losano and friends, here's what you missed. Attila, the president is here, the guy that's in charge of the whole network. So we have to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. So far. So what's going on with the network? Anything exciting? We have a, a thousand shows. I mean, there's a lot of them. We have a lot of shows. Yeah. Name the worst show on the network. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to his face. Just say it. Say it to his face. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, 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 would, I dare anyone to find a bad show. There, all... there is not a show on this network that yeah. I'm not proud of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. College party, Bill of Rights, man. Nixon's half-eaten sandwich. Worst job ever. My brush with Bill Maher. And unlimited tangents. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Aston Martin starts production of some real Goldfinger DB5s. Plus another one of our famous lists. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.